Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, everyone, to episode 143 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Deporek, and today we are going to unveil our first post-lottery NBA mock draft for the 2018 season. We're going to go through the top 14 picks, and we're going to take turns picking for each team based on the results from the lottery that happened Tuesday night. Before we get underway, I wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We'd love any feedback. We're being hosted now on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter at AlmightyCasts. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian. I should just uh, elaborate on the whole coin toss thing. Yep. Because you and I are going to do a mock draft. We're not going to do it in terms of who we think are going to get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles excludes in-store clearance get drafted those slots we are going to go the route of who we believe should get picked at that certain position yep so if you know for example if you win the lottery i i I think we're pretty much in agreement that luka Dantich could go number one so we're not gonna you know whoever one of us wins the 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 lottery here just doesn't care about luka going to phoenix just because devin booker is there like it would make sense that deandre aiden goes there because he's the center they don't have any yada 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 but we are going best player available all the way through it yeah yeah exactly all right perfect so um i'm gonna flip the coin and you're just gonna call it heads or tails okay Okay. yep three two one heads and you won all right but I'm on the clock with the Phoenix Suns. Let's yes, do you it. Are. So before we make our picks more, we'll we'll just go through the prospects, you know, most likely to be in discussion in those range and just kind of break down what factors in here. So if I'm Ryan McDonough, I'm in charge of the Suns, it's really between Luka Doncic and DeAndre Ayton, right? There's not yeah. a third dark horse that's gonna come up. Well, Jaron Jackson Jr., I feel is that third guy. I I mean Look, there is the, the top three in terms of potential and and worth. I feel is you know Doncic, Aiden, and Jackson. 
Mm-hmm. But I do admit there is some sort of separation between Aiden Dantich and then Jackson. Like, Jackson mm-hmm. is separated from those two. But he's a bit closer than what people think, I I, I, I think. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so you, you, Dantich and Aiden are in a tier of their own. Would you right. have, Jackson's the number three guy. Would you have Jackson in a tier above the next group, like Bagley and Bamba? Or would you put I those would. guys? Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, Jack Jackson is in a tier all by himself. I feel. Yeah. I, I mean, you could argue, though, that he could be put somewhat in the same group as Marvin Bagley and Mo Bamba and those guys, mm-hmm. uh, especially in, in looking at how good he is right now. Mm-hmm. But down the line, that's really the big thing. I think his potential has the ability to separate himself from the rest of the pack. Yeah. Well, I was going to say otherwise. You made my pick at number three for the Hawks. Very easy if Jackson is on a tier of his own at number three. But let's focus on number one at the minute. So really, I mean, so far there haven't been any concrete rumors about which direction the Suns are leaning. We've we've heard they're kind of split. Um, you know, some places are saying they're going, they're leaning toward Aiton and John Gambadoro of Arizona Sports. He said they're 100% taking Aiton already, which, I mean, at this point in the evaluation process... I just don't think they have their minds made up either way, or at least I. Well, hope they should don't. we really take what he said seriously? Right. <laughs> right. Because he came out with a hit piece yeah, on Dantage, which was quite embarrassing. Just yeah, yeah, saying the guy was all kinds of spoiled and selfish. And look, I have a lot of contacts in and around Europe. I've right. never heard anything like remotely. So a guy in Arizona sitting there going. <laughs> Yeah, this anonymous guy I know said... Yeah, right. Right, yeah, and they said... Load like, out your ass, dude. European basketball is terrible, and there's only eight to ten good teams, yeah. so he's... Yeah. Right. Oh, Villanova would beat Real Madrid. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, that's fine. Right, a that's lot fine. of... Yeah, a lot of laziness in the narrative there. So, I mean, the draw for either guy is very obvious. If you're Phoenix... I mean, luckily... Like, Phoenix is very lucky to win this ladder in particular, because really their two biggest needs are point guard and center. They, you know, and... Not that Doncic necessarily should be a full-time point guard or is a full-time point guard, but a ball handler, I should say. like a Right. Floor he's, a, he's a ball handler. He's a secondary ball handler. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you can put him next to Booker. They've put Booker not in a full-time on-ball role, but if you put Booker and Doncic together, those guys can both operate both on and off. So offensively... Right. That could be a truly dynamic backcourt in the com- like as they get better and better in the coming years. So that's very appealing. On the or other a wing hand, duo, by the yeah, way, or a wing or duo wing. because Doncic could play the three. Yeah, he's six eight, right? And then Booker six, is six eight, six. yeah, like two two twenty two twenty five. Right, and then Aiton, you know, he's seven one two fifty has three point range. Could be a nightly twenty ten guy. If you're the Suns, the Alex Len experiment's going to be over in a couple months. You have Tyson Chandler on an expiring contract. Mm. But you're really, I mean, you're barren because you're not going to put Bender or Chris at the five. So really, I mean, it comes down to preference. Um, I'm guessing they will take Aiton, but if I was running them, I would take Doncic. And yeah. in large part, I mean, I alluded to this, I think, in an episode or two ago. Um you know, throughout the playoffs, we've seen that these, you know, the the up and coming unicorn bigs outside of Anthony Davis, really, so, a lot of them have struggled at times. If you don't have 
the defensive quickness to guard out to the three-point line mm-hmm. and then recover and get to the rim, you know, it when you're going up against a guy like an Al Horford or a Draymond Green, that becomes an issue. Like they that became an issue for Joel Embiid in the second round against the Celtics. Miles Turner's impact was somewhat mitigated this year. You know, we mm-hmm. all expected him to take a huge leap forward. Carl Anthony Towns, like he is the prime unicorn. You know, he puts up ridiculous numbers. And then Houston just worked him like a speed bag throughout that first round series because he's not very good on defense. And that's so far with Aiton, that's the concern, the biggest concern on his end, too. Now, that's not to say Doncic is a great defensive presence either, but I think it's easier to hide that with a wing because he's not your last line of defense than it is Mm -hmm. for Aiton, who would be. So, you know, yes, both of these guys are going to continue to get better. I don't think Phoenix could really go wrong either way, but I just think Doncic has the potential to become slightly more special than Aiden does. So with the first pick in the 2018 NBA draft, Ryan Zaporek selects... Luka Doncic of Real Madrid for the Phoenix Suns. So I'm putting you on the clock at number two with the Kings, and I'm giving you the easiest decision of the draft, yes? Look, the Kings won... That the the draft lottery night by many different ways. The mm-hmm. fact that they moved up five spots, obviously a huge win, but the, they also came into a position where every ounce of pressure is off of them. Yeah, I feel w- when you're sitting at number one, that's a tough spot to be in because you have these two guys where there isn't one of them who is necessarily heads and shoulders above the other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Sacramento is just sitting there going, well, whoever you don't pick... He's going to fall right into our laps. Right. And and that's just a beautiful situation. And we've made a lot of fun about the Kings picking 15 million centers over the past half decade. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to be joking about this one. DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. So what what do you think they would prefer? Would they want Ayton to go one so they could get Doncic? Or do you think they yes. want Ayton? I think they want Doncic. Yeah. I definitely think they would prefer Doncic. But I don't think they're going to look a gift horse in his mouth and go, well. Um, but no, I mean, look, they have Bloody Healed, but that mm-hmm. doesn't matter. And they also have Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yep. That adding adding Luka to that is just that that means you have three primary wing guys who he can rotate in terms of minutes. Every mm-hmm. one of them could get thirty. It's not a problem. And they have you know Willie Cauley Stein. I know they're not necessarily high on him. Same goes for Scalabissier. But they have some bigs already, mm-hmm. and Doncic next to De'Aaron Fox would yeah. be terrifyingly efficient because mm-hmm. he works best next to a point guard, like a legit tra- traditional point guard who handles the ball and sets up the offense. Mm-hmm. Like Doncic comes in and, be, and is the second guy, like he's the secondary ball handler. In Real Madrid, he's used as the primary, but that's not necessarily the best option. Mm-hmm. So with him and De'Aaron Fox, I think he would just slide in there and would go pretty damn well, honestly. You you can play him at the 2-3 and three at Dantich, right. and you can play Bogdanovich at the 2-3. and three. You can even, on occasion, rare, rare, rare occasion, you can even slide Bogdanovich to the 4 if they go super small. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't advise it, but you could. Right. Buddy Heal is really the only guy there who's kind of slotted into one spot because he's not a ball handler, so he can't slide down to the 1. He's mm-hmm. only 6'4", and not particularly long, so he can't go up to the three. Yeah. So he's really a pure shooting guard. 
but they can make that work. And also, I'm not gonna let Buddy Heal be the reason that Dantich wouldn't carve out like a starting slot. I mean, with all due respect to Buddy Heal, but hey, there's the bench. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and to your point about the uh, you know Doncic not necessarily needing to be the starting point guard, it's what we saw at Eurobasket with him, with him and Goran Dragic, and he really thrived in that role. So I could, mm-hmm. you know, De'Aaron Fox is not the shooter that Goran Dragic is, not yet right. anyway, but you know he has that same kind of like slashing mentality. I could I could see those guys working really well together. So. Did and we the, really speak enough about De'Aaron Fox this year? I don't think we did. Like, he yeah. had a good year. People yeah. are just not talking about this kid. Dude, I mean, I'm, I am I could not have been more ecstatic for the Kings to move up because the Sixers kept that the Lakers pick, so now they owe either the better of the Kings pick or their own pick in 2019 to the Celtics uh, as the final piece of the Markel mm. Fultz trade. So, like, I don't, you know, the Kings are not going to make the playoffs next year in all likelihood, but I don't care who you add, either Aiton or Doncic, to this team. They're going to be significantly better than they were this year, and all of their young guys are going to have a full offseason to train. They know, you know, they've gotten kind of their first taste of the NBA with Fox and Bogdanovich. Uh, All of those guys are going to have a chance to really blossom. Like, this Kings team is not that far removed from being at least remotely competitive again. Like they have a, a sneaky good young core and they're about to add the franchise piece of that puzzle. Which in this case is DeAndre Aiden. We did, I just spent a lot of time talking about Dantich in Sacramento, yeah. but you obviously picked him. You know, they, they would use Willie Cauley-Stein and potentially Scala Bissier as some trade aspect, trade prospects. Mm-hmm. To to see if they can move some pieces around and get some help under the wing, maybe mm-hmm. a legit power forward. And it should be mentioned, even though he's seven one and two fifty, Aiden was used as a four. Yeah. At uh, at Arizona, mm-hmm. I don't think he would prefer to slide down and be a full time four in the NBA, but he could theoretically play the position here and there. Mm-hmm. He's quick enough, athletic enough. He's got a shooting touch. It would be interesting to see the Kings sort of play around with him at the four just yeah. a little bit and i mean if they don't trade carly stein i think he's entering the fourth year so he's going to be a restricted free agent next summer i believe scal has correct. two more years so they're not under as much pressure to either trade him or re-sign him right away but like yeah you could see a, a situation where ayton and carly stein are the starting front court and they're effectively interchangeable like the sooner, the sooner you get Zach Randolph out of that starting front court, the better. With all, right. all due respect to Zebo, but then Zebo could come in, play some minutes alongside either one of those guys off the bench. You get Skull. Like the, I, the the fit there is really good as well. Like I know it would be somewhat duplicative just because they have a Collie Stein, but you're not going to let Willie Collie Stein on the last year of his rookie deal dissuade you from taking DeAndre Ayton if Luka Doncic is off the board. <laughs> exactly. Especially no, no. because, you know, a lot of the next tier of guys are all front court guys as well. So it's like yeah. you don't really have a choice either way. So Right. Alright, so the number two pick, you are locking it in. DeAndre Ayton going to the Kings. Congratulations, right. King fans. Hawks, I mean, you said it earlier, Jaron Jackson Jr. is the third best prospect in this class. You know, the Hawks we the Hawks are in a weird spot right now because you have Torian Prince, who both of us love. 
John Collins played well as a rookie. He's going to only get better. Those are the only two guys you can feel confident in going forward as, like, hopefully long-term pieces of your puzzle. Mm-hmm. Dennis Schroeder has made news in the last week or so. Uh, there was the interview, apparently, with some German publication. or I'm not sure if it was a publication or if he was just at a German press conference, but he was basically saying, like, he wants the hell out of Atlanta. He mentioned Indiana and Milwaukee as places that he wanted to go. Um, I would assume the Hawks would be more than happy to oblige him. Oh, so yeah. they're in theory, they're going to need a point guard, but I think number three is too high to go on Trey Young. You, you would have – there aren't many great options in free agency this year, but there will be some, or you, know, you have another – you have two other picks at 19 and 30, so you could look there for the point guard. Um, a guy like Jaron Jackson, who averaged three blocks a game in, what, less than 25 minutes? He shot 39.6% from three-point range on 96 three-point attempts. He played, he played under 22 minutes and averaged almost 11.6 boards and three blocks. Shot 80 Damn. from the line, 40 from three, and 51 overall. God and yeah, I mean his his he came in measurable wise, you know as I mean he was six eleven and a quarter in shoes. He had a wingspan north of seven five, a standing reach of nine two. Mm. Like he would pair very well next to John Collins. Like he's him and John Collins would be your second coming of the Al Horford Paul Millsap front court. And to note. Jackson is a year younger than Aiden, for example. Wow. Yeah, there you go. So so more than a year younger. So there's just that added potential layer to him. Yeah. The, and I he's mean, interchangeable. You can play him at the four or the five. Yeah. The, the other guy, if I'm Atlanta, the other guy I'm considering here isn't Marvin Bagley. It's Mo Bamba. Yep. But as you said, Jaron Jackson is a year younger, not only than Aiden, but also Bamba as well, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, then, but Bamba is 20. Okay, and Jackson's still 18? Yeah, 18, and let's see here. He was born on September 15th, 1999. Okay, so yeah, he'll, he'll God, be God, I'm 19. old, Brian. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be 2000s babies in the NBA next year. That's... Um, yeah, I mean, Bamba, the, I mean, the measurables were off the charts, as we'll talk about shortly. Um, but... He's a work in progress offensively, whereas Jackson, you don't have to worry about that as much. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just think the age, the mm. the fit next to Collins, I think Jackson is the pick. So I'm locking in Jaron Jackson to the Atlanta Hawks at three, which puts you back on the clock, Mort. The Memphis Grizzlies, one of the biggest losers of the draft lottery, yeah. entered Drop two spot. Yeah, entered with the second best odds, slid down to number four. So wipe off the disappointment more where I think the question for Memphis uh, is what do you do here? Like not in terms of prospects, but like what's your organizational direction? Like, are you still trying to pick? Yeah. But like, are you still trying to build around Conley or Gasol or are you realizing? Okay. Yeah. Obviously not. I mean, they might be, but I'm not. And now, <laughs> right. right now, I'm okay. the fictitious general manager. No, here's the thing. They are actually considering, allegedly, uh, trading the fourth pick. Yeah. Which and, is crazy to me. Which is com- completely insane. Uh, right. They apparently want 
either someone who's more established to come in and play with Conley and Gasol immediately, which would give them, you know, granted it would give them a slight window, but, you know, what are you going to use with that window? <laughs> right. Yeah, you're going to stand there and look out of it. That's it. Yeah, you're going to maybe get to the second round, at which point the Warriors or the Rockets or the Spurs will, stomp will you. buzzsaw you. Yeah. yeah, completely. So it doesn't make any sense. I'm going Mo Bamba at four. Oh, I'm, you I, bastard. I'm keeping I'm keeping the pig and I'm going Mo Baba. And a lot of people right now are going, damn, Marvin not no Marvin Backley? Yeah, no Marvin Backley. Look, Mo Bamba, let's seven ten wingspan. Come on. And mm-hmm. he measured taller as well. He was listed at six eleven all year. Mm-hmm. He is almost seven one. Seven one with a seven ten wingspan, Brian. <laughs> I, I know. This is a combine record. The fact that he's developing a three-point shot, like, he's lowered his release point as well. Mm-hmm. We've seen the videos. Like, he actually, you know, he, he kind of made his shot more compact, mm-hmm. which is hard to do with long arms, I should add. But yeah. somehow he's he's done that, which is very encouraging. He also shot 68% from the free-throw line at Texas, which is a good indicator of him being able to actually produce offensive numbers. Mm. Now, he's not a playmaker. He's a rim roller. He's a dunker. Maybe down the line, he will become sort of a three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. He took almost two shots from there uh, per game at Texas. I don't think, and he took nine shots overall. I don't think that percentage is going to stick in the NBA. He's probably going to take 10% of his shots as threes, which is fine. I mean, test it out. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you have years to to develop, so that's fine. Rim roll, be a defensive anchor, and and take it from there and change the entire course of the Memphis franchise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to your question, after selecting Bamba, you should see what you can get from Gasol and for Conley. Mm-hmm. What type of what type of deals are out there? Who is in need of something immediate and, and willing to pay that money to get them on? You know, you might have to take a bad contract in return or maybe an expiring contract if you're that inclined or that lucky. Mm-hmm. But... Go for picks and yeah. start the rebuild. I'm, I mean, I hate to see another team rebuild, but it's necessary at this point. Uh, yeah, I mean, the point is they should have done this four months ago when oh yeah, when the trade deadline came and they were dead mm-hmm. in the water and Gasol was talking about how unhappy he was. That yeah. was your time to sell high or absolutely as high as you could because, yes, now his trade value... It's only getting lower because he's gonna he's getting close to free agency, and then if you take Bamba, if you're the Grizzlies, then every other team knows. Oh, okay, we can lowball you because you're you're stuck in this situation where you're either gonna lose Gasol for nothing next year, mm-hmm. or you know you're gonna have to sell for sixty cents on the dollar. So right, as the Mavericks at number five, I am cursing you because mm-hmm. in terms of like prospect fit and you know, where, how the draft is likely to fall. I don't think there's a better marriage on the board than Mo Bamba and the Mavericks at five. I think it's, he is yep. exactly what they need. He's what they thought they were getting out of Nerland's Noel. But obviously that, that went south and then Nerland's going to be a free agent. So if well, you... Should, should, we, should we take just a second and, and, and tell people where what we think would have happened in the first four? Yeah, we because, can do that. I mean, look, we're talking about you. Ch- you chose Dante first. I said Aiden second. I think it's going to be the reverse. Yeah, I would agree. And 
at three, we've heard that the Hawks are in love with Marvin Backley. Mm-hmm. That could be the pick. Then making Jaron Jackson number four. And that means your boy, Mo Bamba, actually getting to Dallas at five. Well, I could also see the Grizzlies taking Bagley at four if they're really committed to, you know, if Jackson goes three, they are right. committed to Conley and Gasol and they want, like, a guy to compliment Gasol. They don't want to take his replacement in Bamba. So I could see them going Bagley there. Mm. You know, that's... I think those four will be off the board in some, like Aiton and Doncic right. one and two in some order, Jackson and Bagley three and four in some order, and Bomb and the Mavericks are going to get really lucky and get Bomba at five. Bamba. But if he is off the board, I mean, you could go Wendell Carter here just because you still need a center. But mm-hmm. you know, Dirk is still coming back. He's been playing center effectively for the last year or two, so I think you probably take Bagley here. As your, are you really considering positions and like taking into account a forty-year-old man? <laughs> well, I'm just saying Bagley more is like your your second coming of Dirk. Not they're the same player by any oh, means. Oh, like a, a a guy with a franchise level, yeah, you know, potential. Okay, yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. The guy who can like, yeah, who who can be your star, who can replace Dirk if and whenever he retires. Because, right. you know, Wendell Carter is going to be a really good player, too, but he doesn't have the same type of offensive upside, obviously. He's a better defender. Right. But Bagley, you know, you could see him developing into a 20-plus per game, 20-plus point per game score rather And easily. a double-digit rebounder, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I would guess if Bagley's still on the board at five, that's the, the direction they go. They, I mean, Trey Young's not an option, really, because they just took Dennis Smith Jr., Michael Porter would be the wild card, I guess, if his mm-hmm. medicals check out. I mean, we just don't know anything about you know how how that's going to go, and we're we're not going to until, frankly, the draft. But he did measure out well at almost six eleven, has over a seven foot wingspan. So you know he, he was the second ranked prospect uh, heading into college. Obviously, the back injury limited him only fifty three minutes all season. So we just we haven't seen enough of him to really know where he stands right now. So, right to be safe, I, I, as the Mavericks, since Bamba's off the board, I'm going Bagley at five. And now I'm setting you up at at six with the Magic. Right. Who? Let me just. Uh, yeah, the Magic. I think are going to take Trey Young. Mm-hmm. I think that's the wrong play. So I'm gonna have Wendell Carter go here. Ooh, uh-oh. Trey Young's going to fall in this draft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, boy. No, but uh, you just mentioned Michael Porter. Yeah. Yeah, his bad back and the lack of data on him is concerning. Mm-hmm. And supposedly he's only going to give the Bulls and the Knicks his medical. Yeah. <laughs> and he's basically flirting with the Bulls every day. Yeah. Like, to a... Big degree. Like, he's yes. staying in Chicago right now. He's wearing Bulls gear. He's talking up the organization big time. It seems like he's... And, and the Bulls are kind of responding. Um, they, they like him. So, I could expect him to go seven. But I would also not be surprised if Orlando was turned off by the fact that they didn't have the medical records. Mm-hmm. And then they went, okay, who's the best player on the board at this point? Ignoring, like, Michael Porter... Mm-hmm. And that's Wendell Carter. Wendell Carter is 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 a six ten 
power forward slash center can play both spots, who is a very gifted shot blocker, very gifted rebounder, can score from the post, can score from the mid-range, can even stretch out to the three-point line, can get to the free yeah, to the three-point line, get to the free throw line, and can initiate high-low passing and, and set up teammates. Like he's really a jack of all trades. And he tested really well at the combine, coming up with a wingspan that was seven foot four and a half. Mm-hmm. That those are long arms, and that allows him to play center. Mm-hmm. And additionally, the knock on Carter is he was kind of slow. Not he didn't have the lateral quickness. But the thing was, he played the vast majority of the season at Duke, listed at least listed over two sixty. Mm-hmm. So what that means when he came into the season, like. They were he was he was weighed and it was two sixty. Mm-hmm. At the combine here, two fifty one. Mm-hmm. That's not a major drop off, but it is some. And he looked shredded mm-hmm. in you know in some of the photographs and and the videos that came about. So he might be going on that whole Julius Randall uh, <laughs> change up there, yeah, which would make him quicker. And I I I am I'm missing the 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 logic here because a lot of people are saying that because he's slow footed and you know he won't regain that speed but as we've seen on multiple occasions and again lately with uh with randall like when you lose weight you Mm -hmm. become quicker like tim duncan lost 20 pounds over a summer and looked five years younger Mm -hmm. you had you know you and i've talked about randall before like he's just exploding off the court now compared to previous seasons so Carter has the potential to get down to that 240, 245 level where I think that's the sweet spot for him, mm. where he can really use his body a lot more. He's just so clever. I mean, he's 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 not a guy who's going to make rash decisions. Mm-hmm. He reads the plays, and I think he's just so fundamentally sound that you can't go wrong with him. He's a very safe pick. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest here. Orlando needs a save pick for a change. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, the question I would have is, obviously, they have a giant hole in the backcourt after trading Elford Payton, which is why we both think they're going to actually take Trey Young at six. Correct. Yeah. They have... Aaron Gordon is going to be a restricted free agent. We don't know whether they're going to retain him. We assume, most likely, they will try to, unless he gets like a truly exorbitant offer. You also have Jonathan Isaac, who you took with the sixth pick last year. You have Nikola Vucevic on the last year of his deal. You have Bismack Biombo there with two years left on his deal. The point mm. is they have a very crowded front court already. They do. You, you taking Carter is just saying you don't give a shit. They're gonna, they should trade Vooch. They should just dump well, Biombo. Right. Absolutely. Look, uh, we preface this by saying that we're going best player available. Mm-hmm. Screw circumstances. Yeah. By that logic, Phoenix should have taken DeAndre Ayton. Right. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, and the point, I mean, the the reason I asked that question is neither of those guys, in theory, if you're taking Wendell Carter at sixth, mm. you're saying, I mean, Biombo is obviously not part of your future. That was just a mistake from the get-go. You're saying Vooch is not a part of your future. And Hell you're ready yeah. to move on and you're going oh, to yeah. try to trade him and... Like, just because they have a crowded front court now doesn't mean they will three months from now or two years exactly. from now. Like, if you if you see a guy who you think can be your franchise center, right? you take him and then 
you know, fill the hole in your backcourt. Otherwise, I, I like Vooch, that pick. Vooch can shoot the three, so he's got some trade potential or trade uh, value. Yeah. You can ship him off for a point. Yeah, especially as an expiring now. And right. It, it's not a huge contract. I think it's only like 12 or $13 million, somewhere dude, around there. Dennis Schroeder was looking for a new home. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. The, he is so destined to become the Magic's next point guard, it's not even funny. Right? Yeah. If they don't trade, if they don't draft Trey Young... They're yeah. going to trade oh, for, for, for Dennis. Sure. Yeah. For sure. All right. So I'm on the clock at seven. I've got your former team, the Chicago Bulls. I'm going to oblige Michael Porter here. I mean, yeah. at this point in the draft, like you, again, if you're the Bulls, you're theoretically committed to Chris Dunn and Zach Levine, although I know that kills you inside to hear it more. So you're not going to take Trey Young for that reason. Michael Porter, like, he does have that tantalizing upside, especially mm-hmm. you plug him between a Levine and a Louis Markkinen. Like, you know, this is all assuming that his back checks out or at least right. isn't, like, you know, a a threat to be a career-ending or, like, career-altering injury. We're assuming the best health for everyone here, not just Porter, but Porter yeah. in particular. But, again, like, this dude was the second-ranked prospect in his draft class or in his recruiting class, I think behind Bagley, like if he was healthy the whole year, we would probably be talking about him as a top five pick. So, oh, we would. If we if would. you're the Bulls at seven and you can get someone with that type of talent, albeit slightly risky, I think you take the plunge here. And he also tested well. I mean, yeah. he was listed at six ten. He's mm-hmm. closer to six eleven. Yeah. Now. His wingspan is only seven feet and a quarter, mm-hmm. which isn't great when you're six eleven. Mm-hmm. But at that, when you're up in those size areas, mm-hmm. like it's still a seven foot wingspan. Yeah, you know right, I mean? right, like, right. It it doesn't obviously it's not Mo Bamba seven uh, ten caliber or even Wendell Carter caliber, but it's like it's fine and defensively he's a problem. But you're right. He's got the home run potential offensively. Yeah. And at, like, at seven, that's the type of swing you should take, especially with, you know, you have a bunch of young prospects already who, if you miss here, it's not the end of the world if you're the Bulls. Because in all likelihood, you're going to be right back in this spot next year, despite what they, despite their best intentions. I just said, yeah, but I actually regretted that immediately because I, I do think this year is pretty essential for them. They need to hit this one. They really do. Uh, because next year the draft changes. Mm, and it's going to be weaker. It's going to be, and it's going to be weaker as well. Mm-hmm. And considering the fact that John Paxson was out to say that they're not going to go through this again, like yeah. they're, they are set on this one year rebuild, which is ridiculous in a conversation for another day. Sure. But that also means that they better hit. Yeah. But like, Porter seems like the... I mean, he seems like a guy who, if they hit, it's going to hit hard. Like, if you want to really expedite your rebuild, you take a Michael Porter and, you know, just hope medically he checks out because he will speed up your rebuild if he is medically sound. Right. So, so in his... Because we don't have a lot of stats on, on Porter... Uh-huh. Uh, college-wise because of the back injury. I'm just going to read you at least the, the stats that I've found from his senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, 
36.2 points and 13.6 rebounds. And they went 29 and 0. Seems pretty good. That is that is at least something that's uh that's worth the mention. And yeah. given how athletic he is, you know, and again assuming his back th- there are a lot of ifs right. with Michael Porter Jr. I mean, yeah. that's just going to be the case. But he could be one of those guys who if healthy you look back at in 5 years and go, "Oh, He's a top three talent from the <laughs> right. draft. Yeah, like how did how did he slip to number seven? Right, but yeah. he also worth mentioning is if it's true that he would only provide the Bulls and the Knicks with his medical records, yeah. then he could slip to seven just by default. Right, right. Like back injuries are no joke. Yep. And if teams do not get intel, like they no like Phoenix, Sacramento, Atlanta, Memphis, Dallas, Orlando, none of these teams have any desire to pick someone with like a degenerate back yeah like that that would just be a waste draft pick none of them can afford it orlando is the only one i could see maybe taking that gamble but even at six though yeah well just because i mean if they're not sold on trey young like i agree donja jayton one and two some combo of jackson bagley bomba three four five so if they think at six porter is the best player available and they're willing to take the risk maybe but again they have more glaring needs elsewhere. They then I think might... they hold him hostage for the Bulls, honestly. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, payback for what Sam Hinkie did to them a couple of years ago with Alfred Payton. Hey, why not? They that's a lesson learned, right? Yeah, I would hope so. So yeah, I'm I'm taking Porter at seven, which puts you back on the clock. The Cleveland Cavaliers at eight, Mort. Again, yeah. I'm going to ask you the same question I did with Memphis. If you're Cleveland, I mean, we we talked about them in the conference finals and we're recording this on friday so this is going to come out on monday so we don't know what happened in game three but either way we're assuming cleveland is going to ultimately lose this series um which seems to pave the way for lebron to be leaving in july so more if you're the Cavs, do you entertain shopping this pick around either to trade it for a star uh i don't think it's enough on its own to get a Kawhi Leonard, but maybe you package it with Kevin Love to get someone like Leonard, or you know there are rumblings that Carl Anthony Towns could be had in Minnesota via um, <laughs> well, Brian Windhorst. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not for number eight. He... Yeah, not for number eight in Love, especially yeah Love, Love probably not going back to Minnesota. But do you you know do you entertain that? Do you look at I trading don't. down? Do you see, you know, do you see if a team like the Sixers or the Hornets want to move up to eight for a pro- a certain prospect, or do you just stand pat and take? I stand pat. Look, okay. We don't. I don't think Cleveland should look at LeBron anymore as this beacon that they need to adjust their course to every every time. Mm-hmm. Um, those days should be over. I know that he might now stick around a little bit. We, I mean, that's just like the market could dry up. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like LeBron could end up staying or he couldn't. That's beside the point. I need Cleveland to start making decisions for themselves. Mm-hmm. Look, LeBron is also going to be 34 next time. So eventually, at some point down the line, he will start to decline. And then it might come in handy to have someone there. Mm-hmm. Now, they need a shot maker. Who mm-hmm. isn't LeBron? Regardless of they have LeBron or not, you know who's a shot maker. You know who's a play facilitator. Trey, Trey Young. Young. <laughs> yep. 
And here's the thing. we I, So many people are laughing at Trey Young and going, mm-hmm. oh, he could be the ultimate bust. I have a problem with that. I have a major problem with that. He averaged 27 points and 9 assists as a freshman yep. in college. Mm-hmm. You don't do that if you don't have game. Right. Like, he might have some defensive issues. We don't know. We've been through this before. We don't know anything about Trey Young's defense because he didn't get a chance to play it because he was asked to average goddamn 30 and 10 for the vast majority <laughs> of the season. Right. So he just didn't have the stamina to keep up with that, which is completely understandable, by the way. Mm-hmm. But you cannot tell me in any way that Trey Young is going to come into the league and he's going to be so overmatched that he cannot average double-figure points. Yeah. And not be a playmaker. No. This dude is going to come into the league. Might not right off the bat, but he's at a bare minimum going to be like, what, a 15-7 and guy? Yeah. I I don't see any scenario in which he won't be a good scorer on the NBA level, given his shot making, his ability to get to the free throw line as well. I know he'll take punishment. He'll probably miss some games. But you know what? Look, there's big guys in college too. Not... Mm -hmm. Not as big as in the NBA, granted, but he fell on his ass plenty, and he got back up. Right. Especially, I mean, you were talking about him doing 15-7. and If he's on a Cleveland Cavaliers team without LeBron James... That's going to shoot up. Yeah, like, he's going to be one of the top two options on that team next year. Right. I mean, I I just think it's ridiculous that people are looking at him and going, oh, he's not going to become anything. Yeah. the guy averaged 8.6 free throw attempts per game. Like, you don't average that in college. Mm-hmm. You don't. Yeah. And this is a freshman, and all the Jimmer for debt comparisons go home. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's so dumb. He's not a long player. Yeah, he's pretty slight. Yeah. That's fine. You know who else is slight? And I'm not making the comparison yeah. because he's not going to be that, but Steph Curry. Right. He's a little bit shorter and has he a is. slightly smaller wingspan than Curry, which is right. But this is not Muxy Bogues. It's my point. yeah, right, right, right. He's and yeah, people he's are still making it sound two. like right, and people make it sound like this is Muxy coming out, and it's yeah. just like no, no, right. I mean, he's not this even Chris Paul Kil- or Chris Paul. He's bigger than Chris Paul. Yeah. So here's a shot maker and a shot taker, and he's got some cojones, dude. Yeah. I mean, I I I like guys who who are willing to take tough shots and are willing to take on like the primary man. That's partly why I loved Donovan Mitchell last year. Mm-hmm. Like you saw that fight in him. I loved the intensity. I loved the way that he competed. Trey Young exact same mentality. Yeah. He just doesn't have the physical stature or the athletic ability as Mitchell did. So he's not going to be that type of player, mm-hmm. but he's still going to be good. Like he's going to be an asset at the very least. He's not going to be a bust. Yeah. I, I think at most the lowest he falls is to the Knicks at nine. But I would be shocked. I mean, I'd be surprised if he makes it past the Magic at six. But I think if mm-hmm. he does, it'd be very hard for the Cavaliers to pass on him at eight, especially if the board breaks this way. I would say really the only other guy who should be under consideration there is Porter Jr. or Wendell Carter. But both of those guys are gone in this particular mock. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love the pick there. Um, oh, and I, and before even we move on to the Knicks here, yeah. I don't want you to cheat right now. I'm not going to. I'm going to take Mikhail Bridges, and I'm going to okay, hate good. myself for it. But, yeah, yep. I, I mean, I think, look, the Knicks are going to suck next year because Kristaps right. is going to miss 
some if not all of these season with as he recovers from the torn ACL. So they should not be taking a prospect who they think is going to help them make them competitive immediately because they are not going to be competitive immediately. They should be taking the prospect who has, you know, who fits. Really, they need to consider the fit next to Kristaps. And you're looking at a guy like Mikhail Bridges, who's really, I mean, you know, every team in the NBA right now wants these 3 and D wings. Mm-hmm. Mikhail Bridges is the best 3 and D wing in this draft class. You've got, he, he, he does struggle to create off the dribble. I right. mean, he, maybe that's something he develops. He is a little bit older than a lot of prospects. He's a junior. He's 21 already. He'll so, be 22 when the season starts. Yeah. So you can, you know, you don't want to like say, oh yeah, he'll, he'll develop that down the line. There's no guarantee he does, but he still has value because he, I mean, he's an improving three point shooter. He shot above 40 three percent for this year well, yeah 30 30 43 and a half percent from downtown 85 from the line yeah and that was on almost 240 att- three-point attempts so yeah he, he had a true shooting percentage of 65 and a half yeah so you know you don't need a guy if you're the knicks like this year while porzingis is out tim hardaway jr is going to be your number one offensive option depending on what happens with ennis Cantor if he turns down his player option I mean, if he if he doesn't and he stays with the Knicks, or if he does turn down his player option and the Knicks resign him, he'll be their number two. So Bridges will be no more than their number three option on offense, which is perfect. Like you're not drafting Bridges to be what Michael Porter, you know, he doesn't have the same type of upside as a Michael Porter. Like he's probably not going to be a takeover twenty five point per game scorer at any point in his NBA career. He's gonna be more along the lines of a Trevor Ariza or a Robert Covington, but those guys have immense value right now. So that's the type of prospect you should want to see. You know, if it, would depend, it doesn't matter where you put Kristaps, the four or the five, Mikhail would be a great fit on the wing next to him. So mm-hmm. it kills me to do it because you you know, and I'm going to be jonesing for it for the next month. I want Bridges to fall to 10 to the Sixers. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. So... Mikhail, Mikhail at nine. And now you, my friends, get to assume the role of Brian Colangelo once again. Right. So there are two names in play here for the Sixers, I feel. It's either Miles Bridges from Michigan State Mm -hmm. or it's Sayer Smith from Texas Tech. Yep. You can't really go wrong with either. And in regards to Philly, who is a playoff team, I... Getting someone like Sayer Smith, who is yet to turn 19, who is going to be at least a short-term project, mm-hmm. I'm questioning whether they would prefer to go with a long-term project or they'll go with someone who can participate or have an impact immediately. And I'm leaning towards the latter mm-hmm. with Miles Bridges, yeah. who is a type of hybrid hybrid forward like he can play the three and he can play the four he can handle the ball people are calling him Draymond but that's just because he's he originates from Michigan State so that's <laughs> dumb yeah but he can handle the ball at the power forward position but he's a very small power forward in that right. case he's yeah. under 6'7 yeah um, so he'll find a lot of minutes at the three he's sort of an inconsistent shooter but he's gotten a lot better from the line for example so there is optimism to have 
Like he's active on the boards, he can pile up assists, and he can have those games where he just goes off offensively. Like he's not going to be TLC here, who <laughs> struggles offensively. Right. He will come in and be an offensive factor, and he'll get on the boards, and you know he'll he'll do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. What's a little bit weird here is the Sixers kind of already have that in Dario Saric. Mm-hmm. And they also have it partly in Robert Covington. Mm-hmm. So while on my pick is Miles Bridges, I have a feeling that Philly would trade that pick. Yeah, I think if Bridges is off the board, I wouldn't be opposed Mikhail to trading. Bridges. Tra- yeah, right, right. Mikhail Bridges is off the board. I wouldn't be opposed to trading down. I Yeah, I like both Miles and Zaire Smith. And we'll talk about a bunch of both of those guys mm-hmm. a bunch in the next month or so. I also think Shea Gilgis Alexander would be a potentially interesting fit. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily the best player available at that spot, but if you're looking for someone who can create off the dribble, that's you know that was one of the things they really did not have mm-hmm. um, in that series against Boston in particular. So uh, it's going to be a tough... I mean, hopefully someone falls. Like, hopefully... Mikael Bridges or Wendell Carter falls to 10, so they just don't have to right. deal with that. But it, it's very possible that they're looking to trade there. Or, you know, I mean, we talked about it two episodes or three episodes ago. Philly has a world of, or a wide range of opportunities this summer. Like, for all we know, they're going to package that with, you know, Marco Fultz and Dario Saric and trade it to the Spurs for Kawhi Leonard or something. So, uh, all right. I'm on the clock. Charlotte. Yes, you are, but bef- before you hang, before you go uh, oh, yep. with with with, the, with Charlotte, I just a minute ago got a question on Twitter about this pick, the eleventh oh, yeah. pick. So I think that's kind of fitting. Okay, uh, it's a Bulls fans who uh, a Bulls fan who's asking me, would you trade the Bulls twenty second for the eleventh pick, with the caveat, of course, that the Bulls take on. Um, one of Charlotte's big ass deals to clear up some cap space. Oh, like so. I think that's pretty relevant when, given the yeah. Like which which of their many big ass deals are we talking about? Are you that's that, like, the thing. Yeah. Like how what what yeah that you're essentially moving up eleven slots right in the first round. So what you are asking here is what is that move worth? Yeah, cap wise. Cap wise, yeah. yeah. Is it a Cody Seller? Is it Marvin Williams? Or I think I mean, I don't, ideally like, you're gonna get out of Nick Batum if you're the if if you're the Hornets you want to get right. out of that one. But, but do the know. but but would anyone you know pay that pay that amount of money just to move up eleven spots in a somewhat weak draft when it comes to depth? Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Where where the depth drops off somewhat yeah. considerably after the first nine or Correct. ten picks. Yeah, it's a fair question. Um, yeah, I mean, I, here's the thing. If I'm in charge of Charlotte, I, I realize that my cap is screwed for the next two to three years. I realize that I need to trade Kemba Walker this off season. Mm-hmm. I need, I realize that Jeremy Lamb also might be leaving me after this season because he's going to be an unrestricted free agent in 2019. Yep. So I'm looking toward the backcourt here because I realize like that's going to be, an area of need right now so for me it comes down to 
Shea Gilgis-Alexander, or Colin Sexton. Um, Unless I trade Kemba by draft night, I'm leaning Shea here, just because at least he can be, you know, kind of a combo guard, whereas Colin Colin Sexton's going to be just a straight-up point guard. And that, again, it'd be the same situation as what happened with you at Memphis at four, where you take Mobama and then all of a sudden... Teams start circling like vultures and say, oh, all right, you're trading Kemba. Well, here's 30 cents on the dollar for him. Whereas with Shea, you can at least, you know, pass it off as, no, we just, like, we didn't have, like, Michael Carter-Williams was our backup point guard last year. Right. And that was a absolute disaster. So we need a guy who can come in behind the lamb, behind Kemba, help us win now, but also be groomed as one of our backcourt members of the future. So. Wow, no Sayer Smith, I just realized. Yeah, well, I mean, one, I'm not, like, too disheartened by this, but he did come in slightly smaller than I expected. He was only 6'4 in shoes. He's got right. a six, almost a 6'10 wingspan, so I'm not sweating that too hard. But, again, with him, it's more like, all right, you take him... You, you're basically announcing to the NBA that Jeremy Lamb is up for sale. Right. He did have a 41-and-a-half-inch vertical, though. Yeah, I mean, right. He's so like he's... A, an athletic marvel. I mean, he's... Right. And, and, like, you... I mean, I guess the question is how much do you value Malik Monk? And, you know, do you think... Like, I don't think Zaire Smith at 6'4 can play much three. I think Malik Monk... You're, mm. You know, do you think he can play the point, or are you still envisioning him as a two guard? Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, I could see Monk get spot up spot minutes at the one, but ultimately his best position at the two, and mm-hmm. the same would go with Zaire. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. That, that's not to say I don't love Zaire. Like I'm just, again, yeah. I, I'd still be totally fine with him at ten. Right, but with Shy, you're getting like a a combo guard. Yeah, exactly. It just gives yeah. you more options if you're Charlotte, and you like you, you're right. going to need that type of flexibility moving forward because your roster and your cap is just such yeah. a cluster f. Oh, I like that. Then I'm going to take Sayur Smith for uh, Ooh, the the Clippers, Clippers at twelve via yeah at twelve via oh, Detroit's man. pick. Wow, interesting. Okay, because he's just the best kid left on the board honestly yeah wildly i mean just wildly athletic defensive oriented Hmm. uh, developing offensively still not turning 19 uh or still not still not 19 yet on the crush of it but still like he's gonna be 19 all throughout his rookie season Mm -hmm. he averaged over a block and a steal in limited minutes so you know that he's gonna contribute Mm -hmm. defensively um I, I don't see a downside here because the Clippers are not going to be competitive next year. Well, I, they were pretty competitive this year, even after the yeah, Blake they're trade. They're not going to be next year. Yeah, but they're not going to be next year. They get Beverly just... back. They get okay. another pick coming yeah. to 13. It de- yeah, I mean, that's... it depends what happens with DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, but even then, look, he's he's declining year by year. I yeah. don't. I mean, you're gonna ask Tobias Harris to do virtually everything for you next year. I don't yeah. think that's a winning combination. And also, I think this draft in particular presents a wonderful opportunity for them to build 
a, a new squad. Mm-hmm. I mean, starting out with 12th and 13th, yeah, that's a good start. Yeah. So take it home with number 13 here for, for the Clippers. Like, Man, who joins Sayer Smith? You made it tough because I, I, I would have expected Colin Sexton to go at 12th, and then you could take a guy like Robert Williams at 13. And then, yeah, but you can take Colin Sexton now and give them a new Brett court. I know. Yeah, well, now I'm torn between Colin Sexton and Robert Williams because if you're the Clippers, you know, for the, the DeAndre Jordan decision is looming over your head, provided that he right. declines his player option, which we expect him to. Then again, they we don't know what's going to happen with Teodosic. He has a $6.3 million player option. I don't think he said whether he plans on picking it up or not. You got Pat Beverly, uh, I think, mm. five, you know, one more year under contract, only five million, so it's cheap, and it's non guaranteed until January. So you could technically, you know, start the season with him, but if Sexton really goes off, you could waive him for cap room, even though I don't think they would do that. Ugh. I guess I would, yeah, I'll go Sexton here, just because. Nice. Yeah. yeah. New backcourt. Yeah, I think. They they need they obviously need a long term point guard after Chris Paul left. They also need a long term center. No offense to Poban, who I do hope to see get more minutes. But I think there are going to be more guys available in the free agent market. Not only you know I don't think Clint Capella is going anywhere, but right. Brooke Lopez might be available depending on what happens with the Lakers and their infinite amount of cap space. You've got. A Nerlens Noel floating around out there, you know Alex Len. You could take a flyer on. So I'm with you more. I, I shouldn't have said the I, the Clippers are not going to be like legit title contenders next year, and no. they might not even be in the playoff picture come March. But I also don't think they're like a 20 win team. I think they're going to be, you know, somewhere in the 30s, whether that's low to mid 30s or possibly even, you know. 30 like high 37 and 45 or whatever um again a lot of it comes down to what happens with deandre jordan but yeah i think given given the landscape of how many teams have point guards that they either want to develop or you know they are either the guys who are like really great or guys who are up and coming and they want to develop i think the clippers need to get need to get a guy like that so give me colin sexton at 13 and that that puts you back on the board more at 14 denver nuggets the last pick of the lottery teams you got 46 win team that didn't make the playoffs yeah a a team with an already absurd young core of gary harris jamal murray and nikola Jokic. so you can look at it in one or two ways do you want to take a project here for denver that is a couple years away, but could be a difference maker because of his versatility. Or do you take a defensive-oriented guy immediately who can come in and block shots and rebound the basketball, backing off Jokic? And I think the latter is probably the safer bet, mm-hmm. which means I am going with Robert Williams, who mm-hmm. ironically is slotted to Denver at 14 on Tankathon's mock draft, I, I realize. Oh, there we go. There we go. Um I'm actually not insanely high on Williams because he can't make free throws. He's shooting mm-hmm. at a 47% clip, which I find worrisome. Okay. But he doesn't get to the line a whole lot. 
And if you look at him strictly as a shot blocker and rebounder and a guy who can finish lobs, then that becomes a little bit better. He's 6'9", has a 7'4 wingspan, so he is long, he's athletic, uh, he can run the floor, he can play both the 4 and the 5 theoretically, even though I would prefer to play him full-time 5 when you're offensive limited, I don't want you to play the, the 4 a whole bunch. Um, so yeah, Denver is just such an impressive offensive team that I think they can they can play him without hurting their offense too much. Mm-hmm. Whereas that wouldn't be true on a lot of different squads. Yeah, I could see that. I I love. I mean, he he strikes me as a guy wherever like he's not getting the buzz of a top ten pick, but I think wherever he ends up, a team is going to be very happy to have gotten him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I could see that being a you know a good fit behind Jokic and Paul Millsap, like as your third big off the bench ahead of. Mason Plumlee right. eventually. Yeah. And I, it should be noted, though, just so I don't forget, like last year, th- he's a sophomore uh, from Texas a mm-hmm. Like he did hit 59% of his free throws last year. Mm-hmm. It's just he took a little bit of a step down from his freshman to sophomore season. A lot mm-hmm. of people were kind of expecting him to become one of the better college players this year. Right. And he didn't deliver on that, which I think has hurt his draft stock and hurt the overall opinion of of what he can become Mm -hmm. so there is this added element of oh is his development just a little bit delayed like Mm -hmm. who knows if he makes the nba uh does he make that leap from his (laughs) his sophomore season in college and then to the nba again much like donovan mitchell like who took a major leap from freshman to sophomore but then took a gigantic leap from sophomore to nba like Maybe there is a part of you that feels that Robert Williams could become more on the next level. Yeah, I'm not sure. I have to, you know, use the the data that we have on him from college on, and that's like that pitching holds him as a rim runner, as a shot blogger, as a rebounder. So mm-hmm. that does have some value. And then, as we like to say, everything else is gravy. Yeah, right. Well, it's especially good next to Jokic, who defense is not his calling point. So right. You know, Millsap's there for two more years, but you know you're you're building around Jokic with the idea he's going to be there for ten more years. So if you can mm. get a Robert Williams, you know, let him develop off the bench for a year or two, then plug him in when, if and when Millsap leaves. I like it. I dig it. So and that concludes yeah our, <laughs> our lottery draft. Yeah, yeah. So we will be doing plenty of draft coverage between now and June twenty first, which is the night of the draft. We will. We're not going to ignore the rest of the teams in the first round. Don't worry. We are going to have plenty of coverage on that. We're going to bring in some guests over the coming weeks. So stay tuned. Uh, in the meantime, follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio. So give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes. So please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're now being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network. So check them out on Twitter at Almighty Casts. Until next time, I'm Brian Tamporek, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. I'm looking forward to more draft coverage. I, I always feel like an extra geek when we're doing prospects. That, <laughs> that's a wonderful feeling. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too, even though this is the first time since we started the podcast where I'm not talking about a top three pick for the Sixers. It feels weird.
<laughs> yeah, that's that's. Uh, I don't. Is that a great thing or a bad thing, really? Because you just gotten so used to it. Yeah, I know. And, and yeah, they had the lottery party this year. The rights to Ricky Sanchez guys did, and they were like, "Why are we doing this?" <laughs> <laughs> All right, later, boy. Later. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clothes. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.